Blog Talk Radio. BDPAI Radio, linking business, education, and technology. The BDPAI Radio Show creates a vibrant communications platform that speaks to all BDPA stakeholders. Hosted by Fran McNeil. Sponsored by the BDPA Education and Technology Foundation and the BTF Executive Director, Wayne Hicks. Produced by Michelle F. Ortman. Online chat coordinated by Everaldo Gallimore. Technical advice by John Melanson. BDPA iRadio broadcast the second and fourth Tuesday of every month. Join us on www.blogtalkradio.com slash BDPA. Well, welcome everyone and good night. Today is Tuesday, April the 10th, 2012. And we are about to have a fantastic show. We have three guests on our show tonight. Our first guest is Beverly Moore, and she is Chapter President of BDPA Detroit. Our second guest is Clifford Bailey, CEO of TechSoft Systems, and he is with the Cincinnati Chapter. And our third guest is Jarrett Beeson, and he is, the high, he is a high school computer competition alumni. And he was part of the program in 2001 through 2003. And tonight, he is in Las Vegas. So we are going to jump right in and get started. I certainly want to say welcome to all of our guests. And I'm going to give a very warm welcome to Beverly Moore. Beverly, thank you so much for being on the show tonight. How are you this evening? Excellent, Fram, and thank you so much for having me. It's a, uh, r- truly a pleasure. Well, it is It is truly our pleasure, and what I'd like to do is just to get the listening audience a little bit familiar with you and your background, and then we're going to have a dialogue because the feedback on the show is that folks really like being able to connect with the guests. Beverly is a senior project manager at HP. And she's been a longtime member of BDPA and was elected to serve as the BDPA chapter president for the next two years for the Detroit chapter. Now, the BDPA Detroit chapter has a very rich history, and Beverly is really positioning the chapter and the organization to go to the next level in terms of the programs and services that she is going to, she and her team are going to put in place to really support the BDPA mission, which is to advance the careers of African Americans in IT from the classroom to the boardroom. So welcome, Beverly. It's very, very exciting that um, you are here tonight. And I really want to start off with a, a classic question at this point, and that's what originally attracted you to BDPA? And what keeps you involved, particularly at the leadership level? Yes. Uh, Thank you for that question. Uh, I like to tell the story. Um, I've been involved with BDPA for pretty much my entire career, which is about 30 years. Um, And I first uh, got involved with BDPA when I lived in Hartford, Connecticut, and uh, went to a conference, a BDPA conference, uh, and uh, I've been a, a strong supporter and member ever since. 
BDPA has been uh, the the found the the foundation of my career and and my career success. Uh, it's provided mentorship for me. Um, being someone who comes from a, a background of a family that never worked at corporate, so my first experience in working with corporate, I I really needed uh, some mentors and some 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 support, and I found that uh, through BDPA, and uh, that's probably why I I'm still a member, and the you know the people that I've met, and and become friends with have become uh, lifelong friends. And uh, it's just a, a, a great organization, and it's been a tremendous uh, help for me personally and in my career. Well, Beverly, thank you for sharing that. It's always interesting to hear how people get involved and what keeps them connected. So um, you talked about BDPA's role in terms of helping you from a mentor standpoint, and Currently, you have a leadership role as a senior project manager at Hewlett Packard. And and how do the different roles that you've played with um, uh, with BDPA how do they how have they influenced your corporate career? And specifically in terms of your current career, what has been the impact of BDPA? Well, um, that's interesting. Uh, uh, let me share. Um, BDPA I've, is, uh, provides an environment for an opportunity to grow personally and professionally in, in a non-threatening way. Um, the first budget that I ever managed was a BDPA budget. Uh, the first uh, large audience that I've ever, ever spoke to of probably about 200 people was a BDPA audience. Uh, based on those experiences, um, I went on to uh, present to uh, audiences of several hundred, uh, even working internationally, uh, speaking to uh, audiences in different languages. As a result, that gave me, you know, having experienced that with BDPA gave me confidence that um, I would not have had because I probably wouldn't have had the opportunity in the workplace without having the experience and the confidence to do that. So, you know, BDPA has served as a um, a training place for me and uh, provided me an opportunity to develop skills in a non-threatening environment and then uh, having done that, being, being able to... Um, really uh, excel in the workplace as a result of that. Wow. You know, those are the kinds of um, results and experiences that the high school students um, that participate in the competition often share, members share, and it's really great to hear how BDPA has helped you um, from, you know, sort of the desk to the boardroom. I really appreciate you sharing that. Now, given that you're in a leadership position within BDPA and you and your team are about to, you know, embark on a a two-year journey, what's your your vision? Because Detroit does have a rich history. Um, Where do you see the chapter going and, and how... Will your members and the sort of BDPA nation see that evolve? Well, I mean, 
uh, taking uh, a leadership role in BDPA at the current time is a challenge for everyone. Uh, we are faced with, uh, you know, economic challenges, and uh, pretty much every uh, organization that I know of is faced with uh, low membership. And uh, so we're all challenged in a leadership role to take a lead and also and to be able to show value and give back to the community at this time. But I think that uh, the, the vision that I have and, and I've shared with uh, my board and, and they support me on that is that we need to reach out to the youth. We need to bring in uh, younger members in order for the organization to survive. We have to uh, make sure that or find a way to attract and maintain and I'll say maintain again because we do a good job at attracting, but we haven't done as well at maintaining uh, a younger audience, a younger members, and uh, we plan to do that through our program meetings uh, by having uh, topics and presenters that are uh, bleeding edge uh, technology, more, more, do more in the technology area. We've done a lot, you know, social events, and we can always get a crowd when we do something socially. But we also we need to uh, bring in more members and uh, get them exposed to us from a more of a technical uh, perspective and attract them that way. Okay. So given that technical, it was very helpful to hear you identify and sort of distinguish between attracting and retaining members and looking at um, focusing on the younger members as well. What are some of the hot technology trends that will be those attractors um, and will well, help maintain the, the membership? Mm -hmm. Well, I I know that uh, our our online presence uh, is key. Uh, we we have a Facebook presence. Uh, we also have a LinkedIn presence, and uh, we do have members that uh, are tweeters, if you will. I'm not a tweeter myself, but uh, we definitely have members who are bringing uh, the, our online presence very strong. Uh, we've uh, increased uh, or upgraded our, our website. Um, so we're working strongly on our, our online presence, and um, we're doing some uh shows with uh, other other organizations teaming with them to to be a part to bring the technology part to their programs and those are a couple things that we're doing to attract the younger um audience and to um get our ourselves more branded and recognized uh as a part of the technology uh in in the Detroit area okay Okay, and so with this new um, regional uh, format, are you able then to share with other chapters what you're doing and is there an exchange of ideas around best practices with um, attracting and maintaining membership, regionally and nationally? Yeah, I think that uh, the regionals, uh, the new regional organization is going to be great to do that. We're just getting really off the ground this year. Um, is being starting to uh, implement the regionals, um, so that's just really started to roll out this year. Um, and so it's kind of early yet, but I, 
I think that this is the direction that we're going uh, to um, pr provide a form where we can start to share amongst uh, the chapters because there's so much uh, best practices out there and some chapters do things better than others and being able to share that is going to uh, really be a big advantage for the whole organization. So we're looking forward to that. Great. And it's it, again, is, I think, instructive and enlightening to hear your ability to focus in on the chapter, um, to be cognizant of the region, and then also really recognize that BDPA is a national organization and leveraging the technology, uh, promoting the brand, increasing the perception through strategic partnerships, through sharing of best practices, um, through really touching multiple generations. That's, that's really, really powerful, Beverly, and it's, it's great to hear you articulate that uh, for our audience because um, part of what I'm hearing you say is the sustainability of the organization as well as the leadership of the organization is going to come from the membership. Um, and the, the newer members and the younger members are really part of um, who's going to help shape uh, where BDPA goes. Yeah, that's that's really key. Uh, another program that uh, we're definitely going to implement in the Detroit area is our um, new member orientation. Because one of the things that I've noticed is that uh, People come into the organization, they may they may get involved, but unless you take the time to uh, educate them about the organization uh, locally and nationally and, and uh, educate them about the history of the organization, they don't know how, how rich the organization is and, and what it's capable of doing and what it's capable of doing for them. And I've found that people that have gone through an orientation a BDPA uh, orientation, stay with the organization longer than those who haven't. So uh, when I say maintain the members, uh, I mean we plan to do that by implementing our new member orientation and make sure that all of our new members uh, get a chance to uh, participate in that and also open that up to our current members because They've, uh, many of our current members haven't been uh, involved in a while, and they may not know all the things that are going on. So I'm definitely going to reach out to them and ask them if they would be interested in participating in the member orientation or new member orientation in some fashion. Oh, that's a great best practice. Um, what, are, what are some other best practices that, based on your experience, might you know, really enhance what BDPA means to a member, to a leader, to a sponsor, to a parent? I would say uh, three things. Uh, taking a leadership role in the local chapter. You know, being a member is fine, but once you take a leadership role and get active in the chapter and you're sitting on the board and you're, you know, you're a leader of the organization, you help define and determine its success, it, um, it develops you as well as it develops the chapter. Um, and number two, I would say attend a national conference. 
I haven't met anyone who's attended a national conference and has never come back. You know, uh, the experience that you get when you attend a national conference is, is uh, uh, I, I, I find, it's hard to put to words. You know, you meet so many people, you come back, and you're, you are really excited, you know, because of the people that you met and the, the things you've seen, the things you've heard. You're really excited. Uh, you come back to work, and you, you have a new attitude, uh, and uh, you're more productive, and so it's a great experience. Um, I, I encourage anyone who get who becomes a, aware of BDPA to come to a national conference. And number three, bring a friend to a BDPA event. You know, uh, share the experience with other people. I think you'll be you'll also gain a long-term friend because they'll be happy that you expose them to BDPA, and uh, it's it's going to help them in their careers also. Wow, that is really powerful. I mean, the essence of networking is giving to get. And so to the degree that someone brings a friend because, you know, you feel that there might be something in it for them, and they then walk away with, wow, I didn't know about this organization. That was helpful information. There's cool people here. Um, this might help my career or my business. That, that is a great idea, bring a friend. And so many of the events are, you know, um, a very reasonable price that uh, on the local level that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Absolutely. Great. Our program meetings uh, are once a month, the third Thursday of uh, the month, and they are at no ch no cost, and we generally have food. And one of the other things we, we, we're having at our meetings is we make sure that we try to have uh, a hiring manager. I reach out on a regular basis to a lot of the hiring companies and managers and try to make sure that there's at least one or two of them at at all of our program meetings. Wow. Now that is a bonus tip. That That's great. I have interviewed a number of chapter leaders, and I'm not sure I heard that. I know that in the Philadelphia chapter um, there are twice a year there are special recruiting um, meetings. Uh, however, that idea of having a hiring manager at every meeting, that's a nice incentive for all members. Um, yeah, that's that's, that's win-win. Yeah. Well, definitely, as we wrap up, and I really just appreciate the knowledge, the enthusiasm that you've shared, and I can uh, definitely you know, see the energy that you're bringing to the Detroit chapter, um, what Remaining, so what last thoughts or final thoughts would you like to share in the remaining minute as we uh, wrap up your interview for tonight? Well, I'd like to say that the BDPA Detroit chapter is celebrating 30 years uh, as a IT professional organization serving the greater Detroit area. And we have touched thousands of high school students' lives and thousands of IT career professionals over the 30 years. And uh, this organization could not have uh, uh, existed this long if it wasn't for people, uh, people that believed in the BDPA Detroit leaders. And those people have worked for companies like CompuWare, Blue Cross, HP, IBM, Oracle, Deloitte, IRS, 
and they've uh, made it possible for BDPA to give to the community and develop people and, and promote our high school computer competition by providing us resources, um, their time, and their money. And it's people, it's, you know, we say you have corporate sponsors, but it's really people. It's all about people who believe in, in the leaders and they they go back to their companies and they find a way to help you make things happen. And BDPA Detroit has been very rich in, in to be able to uh, have been around for 30 years, and it means it's only because of people who work for these companies that believe in us. And as we close out this year, I hope to be able to have an event where I can give back to and recognize those people and corporations that have made BDPA successful for the last 30 years. Wow. Well, congratulations. And please, I'm, you know, you talked earlier about leveraging technology. Um, as that event comes up, um, and as a celebratory uh, token of appreciation, I would certainly like to extend to the Detroit chapter an opportunity for a complimentary 30-second advertisement on the BDPA iRadio show. So a month or six weeks before your event, if you put together a 30-second spot, we will run it um, for the two shows before your event. Um, as a way of helping to support your event. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Fran. Well, thank you, Beverly, and have a great evening. Thank you again for being a guest on our show. And look forward okay. to seeing you at the National Conference. Okay, thank you very much, and look forward to seeing you also. Great. Well, folks, we just uh, finished our interview with Beverly Moore who is currently the chapter president for BDPA Detroit. And I am about to welcome our next guest on the April 10th BDPA iRadio show. And he is Clifford Bailey. He is CEO of TechSoft Systems. And um, he is an advocate for small businesses, a driving force in community re reconciliation and development. And he is an author He's working on a book featuring his shapes of effectiveness in story format. So with that, I would like to welcome Clifford. Clifford, how are you tonight? I'm doing well, and thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. You know, as I was reviewing your bio prior to the show, I saw that you left your engineering role at Procter & Gamble in 1983 to start TechSoft Systems, and you're still remaining in the role of a hands-on CEO while you speak nationally to business and student groups about technology, change management, emotional intelligence, diversity, and personal and organizational effectiveness. So, number one, congratulations, because Thank you. You know, leaving uh, an established company like Procter & Gamble uh, to start your own business and then remain in business um, is is really awesome. So again, congratulations. And then the obvious question is why and how? I guess that's two parts. But why did you leave? Um, what gave you the courage, the inspiration to start your business? And and how did you how did you do that? 
boyfriend, I saw an opportunity while working for Proctor, and what really surprises people is that I'm a chemical engineer by education and a Tuskegee University graduate. And leaving Proctor to start my own business, being an engineer, was uh, a surprise to many. Uh, Some because of, one, I was in this uh, great job, and two, embarking into an industry that I had no significant experience in. And the truth of the matter is, is that while at Proctor I saw the proliferation of personal computers and recognized and verified through others across the country that at that particular time people really didn't know how to effectively integrate PCs into the work, a workflow, daily workflow. So having verified that, I said if there ever was an opportunity to pursue uh, a new opportunity, a business opportunity, this would be it. And ultimately, we started off in staffing and concentrating on uh, PCs and networking opportunities, and it just began to grow. But my safety net always was that I could always go back to school. I could go work on an MBA, or I could go to law school, or I could go on to med school. So those were options that were on the table. But the business took off as I had planned. Well, not always as I had planned, but it ended up in a place (laughs) faster than I had thought (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. So, and and what I'm hearing is, and perhaps it's uh, part of your style, and perhaps part of the training as a chemical engineer. I'm I'm hearing research. You talked about an observation. You you saw some trends. You researched the trends. Um, you analyzed whether or not the business opportunity really was an opportunity and would be kind of fish fiscally um, and financially beneficial, and then you stepped out with a focus and then grew the business. Um, uh, and you also were saying sort of towards the end that while you had a plan, sometimes things didn't work as planned. How did you, how did you and how do you manage when things in your business don't go according to plan? Well, you have to adapt. So, and you have to make decisions in relatively short periods of time to really seize the right opportunity or the right direction to go in. And some of it just comes from past experiences that says this is the better course of action opposed to that is the course of action. The other thing, too, is my perspective is I want to be in places that other people aren't. You know, everyone likes to gravitate towards that which has been proven. I tend to gravitate towards those areas that are uncharted waters and present clients with opportunities that they have not seen from other organizations, but more importantly show them how we can assist them in achieving their goals and objectives in the utilization of information technology. And I would venture to say that has been our success, is being able to see things a little differently as well as present them to clients in a way that our customers can actually see the benefits of technology where the ultimate benefit is how do they continue to grow their businesses in a very effective and prosperous way. Wow. 
Sounds like you've read the book uh, Blue Ocean Strategy, among other books. I am very familiar with Blue Ocean Strategy. <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. but the book is uh, Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. Ah. Let's talk a little bit more about why that's the book. Because I think um, in a moment we'll we'll transition, and I've I've really been focused on the leadership, the decision making, the actions that you've taken um, as an entrepreneur, and then I'm going to connect it back to BDPA. But but tell us a little bit about why Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill is a, a strong influencer for you as a CEO. Well, one of the things that I learned early uh, in my career was about success. And a colleague of mine was really trying to get me to read the book, and I had avoided the book. And fortunately, on a trip, I just carried it with me. And once I began to read it, I could not put it down. Because essentially what Napoleon Hill did was say, if you can think it, you can go do it. But here's some principles associated with in the doing. But it all starts with what you think. And then the basis of that book was uh, talking to successful millionaires uh, in the country and his deciphering what was common among them all and putting them in this book. And so that was a journey that I began on with intentional uh, steps of how to use what he shared in that book to be more successful than I had been. Uh, but what was interesting in that, as I read it, I looked back on it, and my parents had given me all types of principles themselves, as well as my grandparents and great-grandparents, and then there was the people in the community. So having pulled all that information together and said, there is nothing out here that I or others cannot do, if you choose to set your mind towards that path of success. But you have to be clear on what it is that you want or need to be successful. And I think that Napoleon Hill's book brings that home in so many different ways through stories as well as examples that people have uh, gone out and achieved uh, things that people thought that they could not. Mm, mm. And I, I love how you brought in the the family aspect, you know, parents and grandparents. I remember when I was younger, uh, very little, one of the first books that I sort of learned how to read was The Little Engine That Could. And to me, that, you know, was one of those books that whenever I got frustrated, I thought of that little caboose. And it was the tiniest little caboose, but you know, he was he was the one, and in that case, the story to me, it always seemed like the caboose was a nail, but he was the <laughs> one that, you know, helped make it happen. And there were times that I thought, well, if he could do it, I could do it. It's a matter of being determined. It's a matter of being focused. And, um, you know, that is, that is one of the values of the networking process, um, learning from others, observing. Beverly mentioned BDPA as an environment that really provided her with mentors and being the first in her family to really be part of corporate America. Um, BDPA provided a structure for her to gain skills, for her to practice, for her to lead 
that then gave her the confidence and experience to go back into the work world and utilize those skills and, and leverage those skills. And um, that book, uh, I, I, I would I would second that, uh, encouraging people to read Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Um, there's there's lots of stories and examples that people can relate to, even though that book is, how old is that book? Okay. Yeah, that book yeah. is much older than you and I. <laughs> okay, okay, I I would agree. That's good. And yes, I I, I know I would agree. It's it's uh, it's there. I'm sure someone will be able to tweet us and tell us exactly um, when it was published. So let's make the the BDPA connection. I really appreciate you sharing um, your background and how you moved from corporate America to entrepreneurship. Um, how did you originally get involved in BDPA? What was the attractor? And, and what keeps you involved in BDPA given the many roles that you play within your own organization? Well, friend, I don't know if I found BDPA or BDPA found me. Um, but what I do know is, is that when I made the decision to go into the IT field, there were friends, colleagues, fraternity brothers um, that I knew that ultimately were involved with BDPA. And so somehow we found one another because there was a common interest. And that interest was, one, I wanted to know the people in the IT industry, and then I wanted to know more African Americans in particular because it wasn't many at that particular time when we started. And once I did find them, then it was needing talent for my organization uh, because, again, I was more of the businessman than I was an IT professional. And so I wanted to be in the room, in the environment, with the people who had the knowledge that saw trends that also could help me uh, grow my business. But having got involved and knowing what it does, I really saw and got involved with more of the youth to help them recognize that they too could become IT professionals and if not IT professionals they could choose any field that they that they so desire but again that computers were going to be key in their lives and they couldn't make a mistake by being involved with BDPA so the youth component and the outreach uh was very important to me as well in addition to its overall mission and vision of uh, bringing more people in and providing support to them like never before. So as you shared your story, I again heard that sense of determination. You made a decision um, and you followed through on that decision and you looked at the organization through multiple eyes. You saw some things that others may not have seen, um, particularly because you were looking for talent. Do you find that currently there are members of BDPA who are entrepreneurs and or hiring managers looking for talent? Is that a large part of the membership? 
Well, I believe that BDPA brings something to the table that other organizations don't. One, it brings a group of uh, African-American professionals together, and it also brings a talented group of individuals at one particular destination, either in the chapter or in uh, meetings outside or the national body. It makes it easy for corporations to come and recruit uh, professionals that otherwise they would not find in one particular place. They know they can target it, and also they know they can go find talented people. So BDPA becomes an area in which major corporations or medium-sized or small businesses can can go and find the necessary talent that they need, especially a diversified group of individuals. Because, again, our perspective is different than other people's perspective, and no one needs this uh monolithic group of organizations. Okay. Well, I and I know that um, one of the areas that you speak on is um, diversity and then personal and organizational effectiveness. And so I was hoping that you would help us shift gears a little bit and share three points from your book, Shapes of Effectiveness, because I would like for our listeners to get a sense of what are you writing about and why are those points important to you and what might they mean to our listeners as we begin to wrap up the interview. Well, as you said earlier, I'm completing my book based on a workshop that I've developed called The Shapes of Effectiveness. But the key points, and I know you asked for three, but please allow me to give four. The okay. First of which, okay. <laughs> the first of which is success does not come to you. You must go to it. And the second is around using your time wisely, which is preparation, persistence, and patience. And because, again, time is not something that we create but it is something that we can waste. So we really need to use it wisely and to our benefit. Third is around being balanced, being balanced individuals, balanced in the sense of mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And if we are indeed working on ourselves in those four areas, we indeed will be much better people. And last, the fourth one is drive the action. Don't wait for someone else to go make something happen for you. You need to go make it happen for yourself. So make it happen. And the last piece of driving the action is do it now. So those are the four key elements in the book. Uh, as stated previously, it's in a fable. And as a result of that, uh, I like to think that's an, it's an enjoyable read. Mm, and And when will we be able to experience this on our Kindle or, you know, download the audio version on iTunes or pick it up in a a bookstore? When will this be out? Well, it'll be out uh, by fall. Before or after? I'm looking forward to it being out (laughs) by fall. (laughs) It has been a labor of love, but I'm looking to share it with the world. 
Okay, okay. Well, I am going to encourage you, if there is any way to get um, advanced copies available for sale at the national conference, um, picking up on a statement that you mentioned earlier, that at the BDPA national conference, which is going to be held in August in Baltimore, there will be a diverse collection of talented African-American individuals who um, have an interest in technology and IT, and it would be a great place for people to meet you as an author, to meet you as a professional, to meet you as an entrepreneur. Um, so I, I would put that out there as an incentive. And All if right. it's not available, uh, certainly I will extend the opportunity that I extended to Beverly that once the book is out, I would um, invite you to create a 30-second spot for our radio program so that in September or October, our listeners could be reminded of how you support BDPA and some lessons that you have to share and principles with our audience. So I encourage you to, um, as you said, share share with the world what you've learned. Well, thank you, and I'll definitely take you up on that offer. Good. Well, thank you so much, Clifford, for being part of our guest uh, interviewees for this evening. Um, Wish you well in managing and leading your company, and look forward to seeing you at the conference. And again, let us know, let us know, meaning the BDPA family, when the book is available. Have a great evening. Well, thank you, Fran. I surely will, and thanks for having me on as one of your guests. You're welcome. Well, folks, we are about to wrap up the show. We have a final guest, and Jarek has been so patient. Um, We have gone to the three-guest format as a result of many of the listeners saying we'd really like to hear more from each guest. So let's have three guests instead of four. So let me share with you a little bit about Jarek. Jarek was a three-time member of a national high school computer competition team trained by the BDPA Los Angeles chapter. Um, He was uh, part of the Chicago chapter and team in 2001, the Orlando chapter, uh, 2002, and the Philadelphia chapter, in 2003, and his high school computer team finished as high as seventh place in three of the national high school computer competition championships in which he participated. Now, one of the things that's been happening is that the high school computer competition has really grown over the years, and it is very interesting as I listen to many of our guests that it becomes um, a focal point when they have talent to give back to the organization. So what I'd like to do is welcome Jarek to the show. Good evening, Jarek. How are you? Very well. Thank you for asking. I appreciate the opportunity, friend. Oh, it is it is really exciting. Now, your background is very diverse. I see that... You are a graduate from ITT Technical Institute, 
And now you're currently, you've certainly been involved with BDPA for a number of years, and now you're working as a cybersecurity program manager for a large defense contractor. So let's sort of turn back the hands of time for a moment and share with us how you originally got involved with BDPA. I know the high school computer competitions were part of your involvement, but who turned you on to the world's best-kept secret, which is BDPA? <laughs> well, uh, let's see. My story is somewhat unique. To be honest, I can't really say I was actually attracted to BDPA in the beginning. I was 14 at the time, so I'd have to give my parents all the credit, at least for my initial membership. I've always been enamored with computers since I was about, I'd say, about five years old. My father knew this. And when he heard about the high school computer programming classes hosted by a BDPA by a lady at my church, he signed me up. Like I said, at first I wasn't thrilled with the concept of waking up early every Saturday <laughs> to give up half my day for a class. I was only 14, of course. But after a few weeks, I began developing friendships with my classmates, and it actually started to become fun. Next thing I knew, I was looking forward to the class instead of dreading it. And 11 years later, I'm still here. <laughs> But um, what keeps me involved is simple. I wanted a chance to give back the same way my teachers did for me. Information technology is a field that is continuously growing, and there are so many opportunities to expose young people at an early age to realistic career options outside of sports and the entertainment industry, especially for African Americans. I'm not sure where I would be today if it wasn't for BPA. I'm in Las Vegas now, and since there isn't a BDPA chapter out here at the moment, I reached out to the L.A. chapter, which is uh, where I came from. John Melanson, who was one of my instructors at the time, is now the L.A. chapter president, and he's pretty much accepted me with open arms. Um, there are even oh. talks about adding a cyber track to the L.A. chapter sometime in the future, which is a very exciting prospect. Well, well, let's, let's go back for a moment. You mentioned some very interesting things. Uh, tell me a little bit more about technology and the entertainment industry. What does that mean to you? What might that mean to the members? Um, how does that, what does that look like in terms of reaching out to the youth? So let's, let's focus, since you're out there on the West Coast, on that entertainment industry aspect. Well, a lot of my friends that grew up and wanted to be rappers or music stars or they wanted to be in sports, and no one actually um, thinks about the realistic careers. We always want to look at the, the fame and the, and the glamour, but the reality is most of us aren't going to become that. And BDPA gave us an avenue to do something real with our lives that gave us an opportunity to develop a skill set that we'd actually be able to use in the future. Hmm. So it's the realistic approach, it's the skills, and it's it, uh, preparing you for the future. Now, one of the things about the entertainment industry, and I think part of what makes the rappers and, you know, the music and even the sport so exciting is the show, you know, the sound, the choreography. Um, there, there's a lot of technology in the behind the scenes, and I'm, I'm wondering to what degree is some of that being shared as students are introduced to technology so that, you know, can, can technology get some glamour or is that kind of a pipe dream? 
Jared? Jared? Jared, did you put yourself on mute? a little bit of behind-the-scenes technical difficulties. Um, hold on just for a moment. And I will use this opportunity to, again, thank our uh, earlier guest, Beverly Moore, Chapter President of BDPA Detroit, and Clifford Bailey, CEO of Texas System in Cincinnati, and Jarek Beeson from um, the BDPA Los Angeles Chapter, um, who is currently in Las Vegas. Can you hear me? Out to, yes, is about to rejoin us. Oh, Jarek, thanks for rejoining us. My so, apologies, our uh, cell phone connection in Vegas isn't the best. <laughs> ah, okay, is it the mountains? It is. I'm actually right by the mountains. Oh, okay. Now, now that, you know, one of the things was um, Clifford talked about seeing a problem, converting that into an opportunity, and creating a business. So since we're talking about technology and cell phone reception, is there an opportunity there, Jarek, for you oh. to bring together some high school, high school students and start a business or something? I, I definitely think there is. Um, it's one of the, grow the, one of the fastest growing fields is IT, more specifically cybersecurity, which is what I'm in. Um, it, there's actually some glamour in security. I mean, you look in the news, and nowadays companies are being hacked left and right. And companies are treating you like superstars. I'm actually being recruited by companies to come and work for them. So there is definitely a an aspect of the field that does learn to young people. Well, let's talk about that, because that's when you originally were sharing, um, kind of talking about the entertainment industry um, there's a lot of, I'm just going to call it glamour and sex appeal about that industry. And to some degree, tech is still not sexy. Um, and you're now talking about having a skill set that people, that is that are is putting you in demand. So how did you develop that skill set in cybersecurity? When did you sort of see it as a trend? Clifford talked about seeing a trend. Um, what steps did you take to act on what you saw? So if you could unfold for us, because there are some listeners, um, both younger and more mature, that may want to um, take advantage of what you're sharing and utilize that in their own careers or talk with professionals in their own chapters about perhaps pursuing a similar type of career. So let me stop and, and Jarek, share with us what cybersecurity, you know, why is it important in technology, and how can someone get into that field? Well, pretty much cybersecurity is an area of IT where your goal is to protect your company from 
from hackers, from internal threats. Um, nowadays, we all have information in our company, intellectual property, that is valuable to us. And it's, if it's valuable to us, it's valuable to somebody else. And instead of the company spending $10 million to build this or to develop this information, they will spend a couple hundred thousand dollars to steal it from you. And this is happening more and more, and it's actually happening from government to government. And as a result, there has been new departments and companies, and they're growing, and it's cybersecurity. And the way you can get into it is actually pretty simple. Nowadays, there are schools. Um, I went to ITT Tech. We were one of the first schools to have it. But now it's kind of hard to find a university that doesn't offer a program. There are online programs. There are books. Um, and now I think I'm going to work with John in the LA chapter to hopefully bring a cybersecurity track to the programming competition. They're developing programs, but there isn't necessarily a security aspect to those programs that they're developing. That's a, a simple Excellent. way of just introducing them to the idea. Mm -hmm. Excellent. So what what might that look like? Is that an additional two or three early Saturday mornings that students are preparing um, or learning that material and then being tested on it in the competition? Or what, what does that look like if that component is added? Well, I'm, I'm only toying with this idea right now. But one of the things that I thought about is maybe having two sets of teams, one team that builds the product and another team that maybe tries to hack the other student's product. Um, so the team that's building the product is going to have security in mind, but the other team that's built to be a red team, which, was, which is what we call it in the government, would maybe try to penetrate and find the holes in that product. And I think that, that would, uh, it would have like a capture the flag type of atmosphere. It would be fun and it's exactly what we do in the real world. We do penetration testing, and we also try to harden our systems. It gives them real-world examples and real-world experience. Mm. And so some of the skills then would be not only the programming, but the critical thinking, the analysis, the communication skills. Um, are there um, is there a certain language that's used? Is that the Java or the C plus plus or well any any language can be used. It's just about using the language in a secure way. Um, nowadays, we're so worried about functionality and making sure things work that we leave a lot of holes open and we leave a lot of vulnerabilities and pretty much put security on the back burner. And that's pretty much the way IT has been for years. And now we're experiencing the ramifications of that. So mm -hmm. you can still have them doing C++. They can still do Python, script, HTML, JavaScript. It doesn't really matter the language. There's just a secure way of doing it. Mm. Okay. So let's say someone is, um, and I, I love that sort of gaming spirit, interactive spirit, as a potential um, way of a, you know, increasing the high school computer competition. Let's say someone um, has been in the IT field for five years or 15 years, and uh, they are looking to enhance their skills. You mentioned um, there's the opportunity to learn more about cybersecurity online in universities, at technical schools. Um, is there a particular series of subjects or length of time or process that someone should use to 
kind of get themselves to be competitive? Well, that's the good thing about security. If you have experience in IT, you have a leg up on the people that are just going into security right out of high school. I mean, you have to understand the infrastructure before you can secure it. So being a professional in IT for five years or 15 years, you're going to have that background. Now you're just going to need something right on top of that background, which could be as simple as a one-week class. It kind of depends. If you're a network engineer, there's network security classes. If you're a programmer, there's secure programming classes. Um, if you are a, uh, a Windows system administrator, there are security hardening classes. There, there's just so many different things you can do in security. A lot of times people think security is just security. Security has 15, 20 different jobs within itself. Ah, excellent. Well, that sounds like an area for some future interviews to perhaps pull together a panel of people that are talking about security from their perspective um, and maybe identifying, you know, what does it take to move from sort of networking to networking security, why it matters in an organization, how you become a leader, um, and uh, what opportunities exist as a result of having that skill set. So as you, you mentioned that you're in Las Vegas right now. Um, are you in the process of developing a chapter or are there not that many people? How does that work when someone's in, a, in an area where the chapter doesn't exist? You know, that's an interesting question. I'm kind of learning that as I go. Um, I've reached out to Wayne and I contemplated the idea of developing a, a Las Vegas chapter, but I don't know how long I'm going to be out here, and I wouldn't want to start something and leave it unfinished. Um, what I've done is I've reached out to John in the L.A. chapter, and it's about four hours away. I go to L.A. maybe once a month, so it's not really hard for me to interact with them. And what he's done is he's created um, – I think he has, like, some webcasts, and he has other ways where you can virtually attend meetings. And the fact that they're leveraging technology to expand the L.A. chapter outside of the bounds of L.A., I think that's a wonderful idea. Right, right. Well, that's really powerful. Now, uh, of course, after, as a result of talking with you, I'm wondering what are the cybersecurity issues of, you know, expanding <laughs> the access. Uh, I, don't, I don't know, but um, that's... That's really wonderful, and I appreciate the the innovative uh, approach to staying connected to BDPA. Um, and you're really demonstrating that as a member, kind of following up on some things that Beverly said and Clifford said, you really can take the initiative um, to stay connected, to leverage the technology, to leverage the relationships within BDPA, and continue to give back. So, Jarek, as we wrap up, what's the final thought that you'd like to leave our listening audience with? Because you've, you've had this rich history of being part of the organization, of being introduced by a family member, um, you know, experiencing the early Saturday morning, the learning, the being part of the, the championship process, to being in the center of a growing area of information technology, one that can compensate you very well, can give you travel opportunities. So what's the, what's the final thought that you'd like to leave our listening audience with? 
Well, you know, I'd actually like to go back to uh, one of the comments I made earlier. I, I really want to urge people to consider cybersecurity as a viable career option. You know, even though we're in a down economy, careers and salaries in IT have increased over the past few years, and there are many projections that expect continued growth. Um, I work in the government right now, and I've seen multiple reports that say we're short hundreds of thousands of security professionals. I myself have a hard time filling job openings for security specialists, and many of my colleagues share the same sentiment. You know, this is a field that can be rewarding and exciting. I just wish you got the same notoriety of programming, networking, and all the other IT professions. And um, that's, that's pretty much uh, my, my plea. <laughs> I want to plea. I want people to really look at it and, and, and recognize it as, as a good option. It, it, it's not it's not the, the black sheep of the family anymore. It's, it's really something that's went up to the to the head. In, in fact, um, security certifications pay more than any other certification in IT. Oh, more than networking or Correct. Well, one, one specific certification in itself is the CISSP, which is Certified Information System Security Professional. That mm -hmm. is the most sought-after certification in IT right now. And that speaks for itself. Wow. Well, you know what? Tonight is a bonus night. I have been offering to our guests 30-second spots to really talk about something that is important to them. And Beverly talked about um, a vision being able to reach back over the 30 years and thank people that have helped her chapter, uh, the Detroit chapter, really be where it is. And uh, Clifford is in the process of completing his book and shared the four points um, from his book and I'd love to have him, you know, uh, come back and, and do an ad to encourage people to learn a little bit about some of the lessons that he's learned. And I think, Jarek, the opportunities that you're identifying in the cybersecurity area are very exciting. And so my challenge, and it is an opportunity, um, is for you to put together a 30-second Ad, an audio ad that will allow our listeners to be motivated to go, whether it's to a website, you know, maybe there's something that the LA chapter, a special webcast that they have about getting prepared for certification or learning more about the industry um, or listening to maybe there's a panel of BDPA uh, members who are. Um, in the cybersecurity field, but I'd, I'd invite you to create a 30-second ad that um, encourages people to take some action around uh, gaining some skills in cybersecurity um, and being part of a leading area in our industry because um, you've really made a compelling case around benefits not only for the individuals, but certainly for the organization. And um, it sounds like there's really some tertiary benefits for the community because people that have these skills are then in a position to help others. Is that something that you might, um, I'm putting you on the spot, but you're in Las Vegas and, and I'm in Philadelphia, so, um, you know, is that something that you might be able to work with 
other BDPA chapters and or members and, and pull together for us? Most definitely. I relish the opportunity. That, that sounds like a great idea, friend. Well, I, I I thank you for accepting the challenge. And, uh, again, I want to thank you for being a guest on our show this evening. Um, congratulations for taking knowledge that you gained and leveraging it and moving from the classroom into the forefront of the industry. And thanks for sharing your excitement and enthusiasm about what the IT industry has for yourself and what it really can mean for BDPA members across the nation. Jarek, have a great evening, and I look forward to seeing you at a national conference, possibly the one coming up in August, and uh, certainly look forward to hearing your 30-second spot. So have a great evening. See you again. Thanks again. It was my pleasure, friend. Thank you. Well, folks, I'm Fran McNeil. I'm the host of BDPA iRadio Show. Our radio show, Internet Radio Show, airs the second and fourth Tuesday of every month. And our next show will be Tuesday, April the 24th. So I welcome you and encourage you to tune in from 8.30 to 9.30 Eastern Standard Time. And if you miss a show, or want to hear a past show, please feel free to go to www.blogtalkradio.com slash bdpa. And there you will be able to hear the past 21 episodes of the BDPA iRadio show. Have a great evening. BDPA iRadio showcases IT entrepreneurs, technology experts, computer science academics, and people with a passion for educating our young people in science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. BDPA iRadio show serves the BDPA members, sponsors, entrepreneurs, educational institutions, and the black community. BDPA iRadio links business, education, and technology. 